You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Nathan, you know what our fans love? Oh, I have a couple of guesses, but maybe is it history related? (laughs) (laughs) I'll give you a hint. There's six of them. Oh, that's a big hint. Um, (laughs) Does it have to do with some some dude bro with the name eight behind his name? (laughs) Yep. Our fans love Henry VIII. And so that's why to gear up for season seven, we are doing Tudor Week. Tudor Week. Okay. Our our listeners may not like Henry VIII, but they like his wives. They love his (laughs) wives. Yeah. Enjoy as we rerun all of our episodes that we've done so far on the wives of Henry VIII. So we'll cover from Catherine of Aragon to uh, Anne of Cleves. Ooh, Ooh. Can't wait. And Nathan, if someone's listening for the first time, is this show, do we use some colorful language? Um, colorful is an understatement. So this is <laughs> not for your children, unless your children curse like sailors. <laughs> unless your children are fucking cool. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so enjoy Tudor Week. And ooh, this might also be a hint for the season seven premiere. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Nathan. What? Catherine of Aragon. That's what? Part de. Part de. <laughs> that is um, part two. In for... French. <laughs> In oh. French. I, I guess it would be. El part de. I don't know how to say it. <laughs> don't even try. I don't even, I don't know how to say part in French, but I know de is two. I think it's part de. Part de. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just making shit up anyway. Anyway. We're, we're talking about Catherine of Aragon again. Catherine of Aragon, we're going to wrap up her story. Um, and today we're drinking another um, pomegranate. pomegranate cocktail. The <laughs> word just left my brain. So we took basically the drink that we did last time, which was a parade of passion, parade which is like so dramatic. so dramatic. And it's just basically half a shot of apple juice, a shot of pomegranate, and then a shot of vodka. And this time I decided to put a little bit of a LaCroix in it just to kind of give it a a little bubbly in a LaCroix, by the way, is like a carbonated water that's flavored. I've never had LaCroix before today. And they're delicious. It's, it's nice. Yeah. It's like a it's like a diet soda with no chemical shit storm. With no cancer in it? Yeah. There's like <laughs> no sweeteners, no anything. It's just carbonated water. So if you like that type of shit, drink it. Catherine of Aragon, part two. So I think we should start with recapping. Yeah, so her life. she was the daughter of this the super powerful couple of Spain, Isabel and Ferdinand, who mm-hmm. sent over Christopher Columbus. Yeah. And she was a teenage when she was set to marry the heir of the English throne, who was Arthur. Yep. And he died promptly six months later. Super quick. He was, he was done. Hashtag dead. Hashtag. And she was claiming that she was a virgin so that she ended up getting to marry her brother-in-law. Yes. So she married her, his, her, Arthur's her younger brother. brother. And I think everybody may know some something about him. His name was Henry VIII. Yeah. Uh, he would go on to be Henry VIII. Um, at this time in his life, though, like he was not... The tyrant. Oh, he was hot. He was, he was super tall, super built, like athletic type. He was 
Like, there was some delegate that um, claimed he was the most handsome prince in Europe. Um, so she got herself a catch. And he also, yeah, he wasn't the tyrant that we think of at this point. He was trying very hard to be a Renaissance man. Yeah. So he wrote poetry. He patroned lots of artists. He was charitable. So yeah, all in all, they were like the golden couple. And where we left off was they had just gotten hitched in a very, very, very low key ceremony, which was very common for Henry VIII. Foreshadowing. Didn't like the big spectacle of the actual wedding. He liked to party afterwards. Oh no, they had their (laughs) coronation was like the party of the century though. And she was 23 and he was 18 so there's only a five-year difference yeah so all I those like, paintings that oh. they had of her she was like this old maid and he's like this super young handsome jock football guy and inaccurate inaccurate they're only five years apart she was a hottie too so yeah. let's get that and she straight. was very beautiful at this point and anyway so Let's kind of chat about them as king and queen. Um, Like I said, they were kind of considered like the it couple because they were both beautiful and regal. In for change. Like, because Henry VII... He was stingy stingy and he like didn't want to deal with foreign affairs much. And um, what I read about Henry VIII was that whenever he came to power, his advisors were like, we're going to raise him differently than his dad. He's going to be exact opposite of his father. He's going to have fun. He's going to be great. He's going to be a renaissance man. Henry VII, um, whenever he was in power, like towards the end when he just kind of went crazy with like... Taxing people, like I think one thing read that he taxed this um, earl or something like 500 pounds a year, but the earl only made like 600 pounds a year <laughs> or something like that. Like he was just, towards the end, got tyrannical. Douchebag. Henry VII even had some of, uh, I'm sorry, Henry VIII had some of Henry VII's like um, financial dudes like imprisoned. And stuff because huh. he wanted to show that I'm not going to. I'm be not like going to be like that. No, yeah. that, that, that that's accurate. Wrote poetry and patroned artists. He would write. He wrote loads of poetry for Catherine. They, by all accounts, had a great marriage at first, and I think they legitimately loved each other. And I think it was interesting that you you had mentioned that Henry was the first king to have a, a peaceful inheritance. Yeah, he was the first king in something. It was is it like 87 years? That to have a peaceful inheritance from father to son. No wars. No wars. No, no like trauma. Because no, no, they no, no, had just drama. come out of the Wars of the Roses. Um, and before that, there was like inheritance issues. So it had been such a long time since um, a father died and their adult son took over. And she was motherfucking adored by the English people. Adored. The people and loved I mean, her. Even, I mean, right now, after they got married, they loved her, but later on, they're going to love her more. Yeah. Like, the English people she adored her. She was so her. charitable. Like, every time that she left church, she would go give money to the poor, like, standing outside the church. And so, of course, the people loved her. She was everything that a Renaissance queen should have been. She was charitable. She was regal beautiful there was that's part of the reason why they got along though they had similar educations yeah. they were 
similar. They were actually raised together. I mean, yeah, she they're came practically over to England raised whenever he was. She was 15. He was been 10. Yeah, around something 10, like that. Yeah. So. And so they were like around each other a lot. They knew who each other were. They had similar education, similar upbringings. Oh, I uh, They were um, close to their parents or mothers at least. Yeah, they were both very close to their mothers. Also. And I think they both didn't like their fathers too. <laughs> to be honest with you. Soon after their wedding, Henry wrote Ferdinand, which was Catherine's dad. And he wrote to tell her that even if he had the choice to pick, he would still pick Catherine in preference to all others. Oh, I know. So cute. So, so basically, she goes by and she pees on a stick and finds out that she's pregnant. <laughs> Too That's much. not how they did it back then. Oh, damn it. They didn't have the Dazzlers either. <laughs> they, they didn't have the Dazzlers. <laughs> they did, I mean, I guess you could pee on sticks, but it wouldn't, <laughs> it wouldn't tell you. It wouldn't turn blue or have a smiley face. <laughs> but she... Okay, so it's, she gets pregnant after her first... Two or, Yeah, her second month of marriage. Like, yeah. just wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. She's ready to go. And she was actually... This makes sense that her symbol was a pomegranate because we find out that that stands Means, of fertility. Yeah, I didn't know that before, but that's why she picked the pomegranate. And she's fertile. She was fertile. <laughs> I mean, it's... We'll I mean, get to the sadness later, but she get In her first, like... Yeah, and she, her parents had, no like... Problem. Five children that survived. Oh. Henry's parents had like four. So, I mean, they were both going to be fruitful Henry's as fuck. Henry's great-grandmother, I want to do her one day. Her name was Jaquetta Luxembourg. I want to do her one day. She, oh, I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but I want to say it's like she had 14 living children. God! It sounds like Marie Antoinette's family, too. Yeah. They but anyway, the so there was no reason to think that they weren't going to be popping out babies left and right. However, comma, baby was a stillborn. Okay, so it's fucking weird. So she goes into labor early when she was probably about six months pregnant and gives birth to a stillborn baby. Mm. But... Six months. That's a long time to carry the baby and have a mid- but, but the And it was it was a little baby girl that But died. then, so the baby died, but Catherine's stomach didn't go down. Which I don't think they do go down at first. Like, it takes a while. But so her stomach stayed round. She didn't have her period. And so the doctor was like, oh, well, you were pregnant with twins. And one of them's still in there. So they send that bitch to confinement. To- <laughs> I actually went down a little bit of a rabbit hole. I'm like, I was like, surprised. Sure. I was, yeah, I'm not <laughs> I surprised. do that a lot. I'm like, I was like, surely they had stethoscopes by this point. I don't know why I was thinking that was something that had been invented by this point. So I was like, they should have been able to listen for a heartbeat. Stethoscopes weren't invented until like 1870. Huh. Good to know. Good. Good to so know. they didn't. So they were just like, you're still fat. So <laughs> you're still pregnant. <laughs> Oh. So let's kind of describe what being in confinement is because they sent her there. She's pregnant. They're afraid that she may lose this other baby. Well, it was just all nobility. The women would go into confinement to give birth. Oh, my God. So let's explain what confinement is because it gives me a buttload of anxiety. I would be like claustrophobic as fuck. Oh, my God. So confinement. They close. uh, It's like the noble woman. And her ladies, like her ladies-in-waiting or what her servants, whatever, go into the room probably like a month out from when the baby's going to be born. They cover up all the windows with like religious tapestries. They don't light a lot of candles. I was about to say they turn off all the lights, but... <laughs> they didn't have light switches. They The room is dark and like you just 
It's supposed to feel like a womb. Yeah, that's what I read too. Is that it's and supposed to be like a womb? And you know, the one place that they had me out was whenever they said no boys allowed. Yeah. <laughs> like, how would I be able to survive without having my men around? Me? Well, also at this point, it was really common for the kings to have their affairs while their During wives the were in confinement. This would drive me up the walls. I get claustrophobic. I get stir crazy if it's been raining for two days and I can't. Right. Go outside. I can only imagine a month. All the lights out. Everything dimmed. And don't you think it would start to smell really bad? Ooh. Don't you like... Like they only had one window open or something yeah, like that? Yeah, they would like crack a window to like That's make it. sure nobody suffocated, I guess. Oh my gosh. Oh. And so during this time, like she's she, she'll menstruate, she'll have her period, and then she won't. And then it'll stop, and then her belly will swell up, swell up, swell up, and then she has her period again. And then it goes back down. So they really were like, what the hell is going on After with her? about like two months in confinement, though, they were like, okay, you know what? She's not pregnant. So what do you think it was? Like, there are so many... There's so many theories. The one that I think makes most sense is that she had some kind of infection in her stomach. Yeah, and I read like people blamed her because she had an eating disorder, which... Yeah, that's a symptom of it, but I don't think it was... Like, what do you mean? Like, losing, not having your period is a symptom of... Yeah, and and making it, like, that sort of thing had an effect on that. And I was like, "Eh, Yeah, and I have heard that, like, um, bulimic women sometimes will have, like, a protruding belly. Like, the rest Mm -hmm. of you would be skinny and your belly might be protruding a little from, like... I, think I don't know. That's the less viable one. I don't really honestly I, think I think so. it was just an infection. There's I do also, think, I've read that she's had eating disorders too, but I think that was probably more of like a religious thing from fasting. Fasting, yeah. And that's um, what Isabella did. But there was also the phantom pregnancies, which it reminds blah, me of. Like, I think of like Phantom of the Opera. I don't know. The phantom, phantom of the phantom pregnancies, of pregnancies. Is here inside your mind. It is inside it's your inside mind. It's inside your mind. Like, no, <laughs> that is... Phantom pregnancies, because um, Mary had two. Her daughter Mary and had two. that's why two. I think maybe it was that. It's just, that is such a bizarre thing that you just don't really hear about anymore. You will yourself to be it's pregnant. It's like you want to be pregnant so bad that you your body just leans in. Uh, it's it's crazy. It and is the craziest Honestly, thing. like, she wanted a baby really fucking bad. So, I mean, it could, but, it's a possibility. So it's a possibility. She doesn't have a baby. Needless to say, it starts really sinking in that so she ain't pregnant no it start, And she is so embarrassed. Or, everyone. And had, now everyone knows that she wasn't pregnant. And yeah, so she's well, probably yeah. thinking, like, do these people think I'm crazy? Do these people think I've done something to deserve this? Like, and I even read like she writes home to her father's like, please don't be upset with me. I know. Well, she wrote. I read that she wrote to him and didn't tell him. She just said I had I had a stillborn baby. She didn't write. Which about honestly, the, at that time, a six month old child coming out of you is pretty much like a stillbirth. Yeah, but like, no, this confinement's like three months later. Oh, you know, like, God, I would have gone crazy in confinement. I'm but sorry. I later like she leaves confinement and she gets pregnant. Bam. She is so fucking fertile. They get... <laughs> that pomegranate, man. <laughs> they are done. They're ready to go. Baby number two. Second pregnancy in their first year of marriage. Yeah. So, so that's that That tells you like from June 11th, 1509, which is when they got married, to June 15th of 10, they had two pregnancies already. So mm-hmm. she obviously can have some babies. Yeah. Or, well, she can, she can conceive some babies. So Henry, like, sets her up with this 
cush-esque. She's got this big-ass bed that's like eight feet by eight feet, which is like bigger than a king-size bed, <laughs> obviously. Their, their crib for this child was five and a half feet long. Yeah. Like, I could fit in that and sleep just fine. Yeah. That's like a twin-size <laughs> bed. What, are you giving birth to like a fucking hippo or oh, something? Jesus, I hope not. <laughs> so she goes into labor on New Year's Eve, which, to me, they must have thought, this is such a good omen. New Having life, new New life, year. new beginning, new year, new baby. Um, so they have the baby on New Year's Day, and they name him Henry Obviously. upon his birth, and he's the Duke of Cornwall, and he was christened six days later in a big to-do ceremony. With a beautiful christening gown. Yes. <laughs> I learned that um, mothers didn't attend the christening ceremony because huh. they were still in their confinement. I had no idea. And something else I learned that just kind of makes me mad so they'd still be in their confinement for like another month, and then after that, they'd have to go be churched. Yes, which I means they would too. like go and basically atone for their sin of childbirth. Which just and my the, feminist rage. I also like, think I your also whole think, life have babies, have babies, and, and once see, you do it, oh, the sin. I, of I read baby. though to the contrary that it was that you would also be giving thanks to God that you survived the oh. the, the birth. Okay. And you're going like there to, to clean. They were cleaning you. They still did that cleansing, yeah. which is fucked up. Like, yeah. the feminist in you should be pissed off about that. But also, it was to be like, thank you, God, I didn't fucking die. Yeah. <laughs> so, after a baby's born, obviously, it's time to motherfucking party in Henry VIII's life. Mm-hmm. Like, anytime something good happens, and it's a baby goddamn boy. Like Named it is Henry. It is time to go. They shot cannons, cannons off. Like I think if I read it was. They would have had fireworks. The sky would have been full. I read it was two hundred pounds of gunpowder at the Tower of London, which to me, like, I, it conjures up this like masculine phallic like yas king yas <laughs> like it's totally like the male way, way of going yas king and henry was the most doting husband on Catherine after this like they would be out in the oh, and they'd be holding oh. hands and he would be kissing her gave him just, a son she gave him a son and he was just she hung the moon for him. Yeah, and so he plans this elaborate jousting party. Again, phallic symbols come to mind <laughs> oh. for that. I don't know why. My mind is in the gutter today. I apologize, Oh, you think about phallic symbols? What? Say what? Because <laughs> I, I found this really cute. Like, there was a moment that, that Henry was caught kissing Catherine behind a tent, and oh. they were just so in love and lovey-dovey. It was part to give them in the jousting to give them a favor. Mm-hmm. Quote unquote, you're yeah. supposed to give them. I wrote down, like, what is that? Like a handkerchief? Yeah, it's like a handkerchief or a glove or some article Something. of clothing. Okay. And that would be your maiden that you're fighting for that uh. day. And so it was like she gave him his favor and he was fighting for her. So okay. they were so okay. in love. There were huge feasts. So this is basically like trickle down economics. When the king's <laughs> eaten, everybody's eaten. Because yeah. it would be like because the king was throwing these big feasts, then the servants would get the leftovers, and then there would be more scraps for like the poor people and it was just he was also handing out free wine to so, anybody in London so naturally there's a bunch of drunk people drunk people and they start looting and what? Henry Henry is encouraging I hate to say it but the party is the party ends. poor baby Henry dies after less than two months of uh, life and okay the, the infant, mortality rate 25% bananas one quarter so of I guess children. nobody was I mean they were devastated but it wasn't like 
an unheard of thing. No. But they're both young. Yeah, they're both young. They can keep going. And so they're both kind of down in the dumps. So what do you do when you feel like shit? You kind of start more shit. Yep. And Henry and Catherine, to be honest with you at this time, were chomping at the bit for a little bit of war. Yeah, well, Henry wanted to... He... He wanted to be king of France. He wanted to be king of France. Like, just to set up a little bit of history, since the Norman Conquest in 1066, the French and English had always squabbled over who... It was like, well, no, we should be the rulers of France. And then the French are like, no. It's fucking France. We're already here. (laughs) Well, just because so many intermarriages and different people taking over... England did have some lands in France. Uh, Calais, still Calais. at this point, I think was the only one that England still had. But if you really do go back through the family tree, there is some legitimacy to their claim to France. But Henry was like, um, France is mine. I'm going to go gonna, sh- get that shit. I'm going to go take France and Catherine. He left Catherine as regent. So yeah. she was regent of England while he was gone. She was making all of the decisions. And AKA, she's pregnant again. She, she's <laughs> pregnant again because, of course, she is because she's a fertile myrtle. <laughs> Scotland hears that King Henry has left England, and Scotland's like, cool. Time to attack England. Time to attack England. <laughs> um, some Tudor family drama. Henry's sister, Mary? Margaret. Margaret. Henry's sister, Margaret, is married to the king of scotland because they were like oh maybe if we marry the scottish king to one of our princesses he'll quit fucking trying to invade us all the time works it never works england and (laughs) and scotland like tried to make peace like that way so many times and it never worked scotland and france a lot of times would marry each other because they hated england and just for like a fuck you to england and that was always more (laughs) successful because um they had a very unhappy marriage but Obviously, since he's going to attack uh, her homeland. And so Catherine is going to defend her fucking homeland. Yeah. She's the regent. She has to. Don't her- start no shit. There won't be no shit. Right. And so King she- James started some shit. Started some shit. So she travels north and she gives this badass speech to rally her troops. And that is I think I heard she even put on armor and shit. Yeah. and like I mean, not like she was actually going to go fight because she was a pregnant woman. No, she did. And she was like, she stayed off. Yeah. Went away whenever they started fighting. But she still went in and gave the figurehead speech of like, Mm -hmm. I rule this shit. And the the, uh, Earl of Surrey was just stationed north of her. Uh, What she ended up saying in the speech kind of got England around her. This is whenever they really fucking They were like, she is here for us. She's my jam. She is my jam. And so what she... got her back. What she said, one of the things that stuck out was England was surrounded by enemies and worse still, neighbors who wanted to destroy it, trying to press us against all rights and justice. And her people are like, fuck yes. Yes. I want to slay some Scottish people. Yes, queen. And James James himself is ready to fucking fight. Mm-mm. So he moves to Flodden Field mm-hmm. and Earl of Surrey's army motherfucking kills this bitch. Slays like, them. It's like, one battle and I read that it was like 70% of, of Scottish nobility yeah, wiped just out. Just wiped out. Gone. Like, what were they fucking thinking? And You've got Catherine of Aragon fighting against you. You're fucked, dude. And so <laughs> they bring James's dead body to her. And she wants, I've read two different things. She either wanted to like cut off his head 
and send it to mm-hmm. Henry or just send his dead body to Henry. Yep. But then everybody was kind of sort of like, that's a little much, that's girl. A little much. So they just sent his bloody coat to Henry. And, and I she- actually read something that um, Henry had sent like a prisoner of war to her right before she went to Flodden Field. And she was fucking annoyed. Like she was like, why, do why I didn't have you to- kill him? Why do I have to watch over this dude? I'm about to go defend England. Yeah, she was just like, send- why didn't you kill him? You send just- this dude. And so she. But no, whenever she. So she sent the bloody coat to Henry. I just think this is really badass. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Go for it. But um, she wrote to him, I thought to send himself to you but your Englishman's hearts would not suffer it so she's basically saying like I wanted to send his dead body to you but these guys are pansies so here's his fucking coat (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh hashtag slay hey y'all spooky season is here and if you're looking for a show to whet your appetite for a little haunted history then I'd like to invite you to check out Southern Gothic, a chart-topping history podcast that explores some of the most infamous legends, folklore, ghost stories, and hauntings of the American South. We've covered all sorts of stuff from the Bell Witch of Tennessee to the disappearance of the Confederate submarine, the H.L. Hunley, not to mention our deep dives into the local lore of some of America's oldest and most haunted cities like New Orleans, Charleston, in St. Augustine. So, if you're ready for a little good old-fashioned Halloween storytelling with a commitment to quality historical research, then be sure to check out Southern Gothic today. It's available now on all your favorite podcast apps. Everybody, shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course, you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Cat and Jethro, Box of Oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the Box of Oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. After she, you know, takes this prisoner of war from Henry... Apparently, the Italian Duke of Ferrara said that it was no great thing for one-armed man to capture another like that Frenchman he sent, but she was sending him three Scots who had been taken by one woman alone. Like, she... (laughs) Yes, queen. Like She came to slay. And no letter from her, like, it's not in her hand or signed by... But still, that's fucking badass. (laughs) So, Henry... Henry comes home. And his achievements in France were, meh. I mean, he kept Calais, which, whatever, they had it already. So, yeah, I was already so there. good later. job. You did good. And she, he's super proud of her, though. Oh, yeah. She defended England. She held up the country land. She killed the Scots. Like, yeah. all of the nobility. He's super fucking proud of, proud of her. And they're this is when they're really a power couple. Yeah. But and they're kind of like their mom and dad, but at the time... 
she really didn't like her fucking dad. Oh no, her dad her dad had entered into another alliance with France and it was this whole thing. So her dad I feel like right now she's just sort of she's like, I've gotta choose between the Spanish alliances and the English, and she is all in for England. And so Henry comes home and then she has another miscarriage. <sighs> and I'm calling it a miscarriage for lack of a better term. I mean it was it was it was an early birth, and it was a stillborn baby. And I just think it's so weird that she's not having she's not having super early miscarriages. Mm-mm. She's having these late term miscarriages yeah. or these stillborn babies. It just it's always like six months. It to just like, doesn't. It just uh. Uh. so anyway. So she has that one in fifteen thirteen after Henry comes back from France, and it's a stillborn boy. And fifteen fourteen, she announces she's pregnant again. This is her. Fourth pregnancy, if you're keeping count. Six months later, baby boy, stillborn Another ba- stillborn baby boy. Huh. Next pregnancy the next year, like, people aren't getting their hopes up like they were uh-huh. before. I mean, They're not just... having big celebrations because they're like, let's see what happens. So we've talked about the infant mortality rate was really high at this time, but that was like one out of four babies died. This was four out of four. <laughs> you know, this was not... It was not normal. She was not successful. So, but her fifth pregnancy, her father dies while she's pregnant with this fifth one. And it doesn't, like, there's no note of her mourning. Are you really surprised? I think she was just like, whatever, he hasn't been a dad to me. zero percent. Yeah, I wrote wrote, surprise level, zero percent. Yeah, zero percent. And then February 18th, 1516, Princess Mary was born. Princess Mary. And she was healthy. I know, I know he would have preferred to have a baby boy. He, yeah, he would But after all these fucking stillborn babies, you gotta be like, Obviously, oh, hey. he would have preferred a baby boy, but at this point, yeah, it's just like, it hasn't died. It wasn't stillborn. And he was quoted as actually saying, if it's a girl this time, a boy will follow. A boy will follow. Um, and Catherine was a very hands-on mother for the time. Yeah. And, and that was a lot like her mother because she, she learned it from her. She wasn't as close as her and her mother had been because, you know, she did have to send Mary off to Wales to be the Princess of and Wales. That's it. And that's it. once you're that. the Princess of Wales, you're the next in line to so run the country. So she didn't get to, you know, enjoy that, like, every day with her daughter, like she had with her mother. But she wrote Mary's studies. She she uh, actually had a really strong hand in her education, and she appointed uh, Jean-Louis Vives to be her tutor. Yeah, Mary, tutor, and then tutor, tutor, tutors. What? Uh, lots of tutors There's actually a tutors. blog called called the tutor tutor <laughs> that's really nice, good it's nice, really good nice. you should read it and uh uh Vives actually wrote the education of a christian woman which was modeled after mary's education oh that's interesting so that's where i mean if we were to read it today and you were to read that book today you'd be like holy shit this is so oppressive to women yeah like it is but like, it was but it was the 1500s that became as oppressive that to women <laughs> that was the christian woman yeah, yeah and yeah. i put air quotes around that um and by uh 1518 Fuck, boom, again. She's goddamn pregnant. She's pregnant again, and this, but this will be her last pregnancy. Yeah, she has a weak baby. And everybody's baby. like, oh, she's getting so old. She's 33. Yeah, she's 33. <laughs> but she has a little baby girl that dies within days. Um, and she's, yeah, she's only 33. She's been pregnant six times and only one living child to show for it. I mean. And that was her last pregnancy. So let's talk about, like. Bessie Blount. Bessie Blount. The only one to really have, like, well, there was another one that had a son. But she had... The only one that he recognized. Yes. So, Bessie Blount had actually been 
Henry's mistress for a long, long time, but he never flaunted her around. He was never... He was never openly her mistress, his mistress. It was just whenever Catherine would go into confinement. This is yeah, and she knew, and she knew, but she didn't make a stink about it because he was. That's what they did back in the day. And also, he wasn't disrespectful about it. He didn't. It's completely different than what we'll get to with Anne Boleyn. You know, like yeah. it was very like hush hush, tongue in cheek. She has a healthy baby boy. In 1519. On June, on June 15th, which is Nathan's birthday. My birthday. I'm Henry's bastard, guys. <laughs> I'm so proud of myself. I am finally a bastard. <laughs> I've graduated. So Henry recognizes him, makes him a duke. He's named Henry Fitzroy. And from there on out, things just kind of go downhill for poor Catherine. And because- I think she was pissed whenever he did that but she threw a fucking feast she threw a party for him because i wanted i think she just wanted to show like it's cool i'm not mad i'm breezy like have you ever seen that episode (laughs) of friends where monica accidentally changes her ex-boyfriend's richard's voicemail not voicemail what Mm -hmm. did they call it back then answering machine (laughs) back in the day (laughs) she's and she's like hey i'm just calling for blah 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 blah. whatever i'm breezy (laughs) breezy that's what it makes me think she's like whatever i'll throw your son a party i'm breezy (laughs) Uh, but she was not she was not she was pissed she She was was pissed pissed. of course she would but like what are you supposed to do what are you supposed to do i believe this is the time when henry started looking into divorce proceedings yeah because he saw her have a boy he's like oh it's not me i can have a live son and so he starts to kind of he starts to doubt the marriage. I mean, really, he has one girl to show for six pregnancies with Catherine, and then yeah. all of a sudden his mistress has a baby boy. And you, you know what? I'm not even... They were super religious, so therefore what we would call now superstitious. I'm not particularly, I don't think, superstitious, but I think at this point even I would be like, are we cursed? Like, why can't... Like, this is not normal what's wrong. So for that time frame, I don't blame him for thinking that they must have been cursed or something, you know? Do you you agree? Does that make sense to you? It does. Think in his mind. I know. I see that. But at the same point, stillbirth and that. uh, Yeah. I mean, yeah, they were common. common. But one out of six. Like, just I... I could see how he would start to doubt things from like the thinking. And of that he considers time well, what he's considering is a chapter in Leviticus that says if you take your brother's wife in a carnal way, then you're going to be childless. You've unveiled your brother's nakedness or something like that. And be so for that time, that's what he took. He took there that scripture is, and ran with there's it. There's another verse in the Bible, though, that does say Deuteronomy to adopt your or it's, to take in yes. your and in Deuteronomy, or marry your husband's wife. Yeah, in Deuteronomy, like it says if you're you're supposed to take on your brother's widow if he dies and there's no heirs. Yeah, and they don't produce any children. But Henry cl- clung on to this other thing because it fit his um, but the whole thing about the Leviticus things it says that they would be childless but they had a daughter Shh. don't talk about that because Henry will be pissed Henry will come back from the grave and probably behead me if I don't but he didn't out. have a legitimate heir and I do want to talk about like um, another thing from not necessarily Tudor history but English history there the last time there had been a woman that was set to inherit her name was she was called Maud, Empress Maud. She was supposed to inherit after her brother died and her father 
Um, I'm not sure what Henry it was. Oh, some guy named Henry, I think. And her father, like, had all the barons, like, promise you'll follow my daughter after I die. And everybody was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then after he died, they all were like... No, 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 no. They were like, who's the closest living male relative? And they put him on the throne. And the two factions warred for so, so long that in history it was known as the anarchy is what they called this time. Um, There's a... They also called it the time when Christ and his saints slept. Because it was like, obviously, Christ wasn't caring about us. Because that's how bad the warring was. So he just... He was thinking of that, I think. Like, I have to have a male son. A male son. Duh. Um, I have to have <laughs> a male heir to take this on. Otherwise, there's going to be civil war. And remember, they also just came out of a time. Where there was people, a lot of civil war. <laughs> there are people who were still thinking about the Wars of the Roses. So I don't think he's like an asshole for wanting a son just because of that time in the yeah. world. Does that uh, make yeah. sense? Uh, and I also heard that they, they told him to marry off Mary to his son, Henry <laughs> Fitzroy. Oh! That's your like half brother. Like, like some, like we're actually, going back Egyptian style. There were like, like this is Egyptian. there were legitimately some of the people in like the Royal adjacents that were like, well, why don't you just marry the Duke of Cornwall to the princess? Like what could it, that ties it up all neatly. They're uh, brother and sister. That's, that's why. Ugh, that's so what? gross. Anywho. We have any, any gotten who. a little off track. <laughs> so let's talk. Henry was about to get, he wanted an annulment. He wanted an annulment. So let's talk about annulments in Tudor times. Mm. They didn't use the word divorce. That's not what they used. They used annulment. And, and they meant the... The marriage was never valid. And to get one, you had to go to the Pope, and kings would do this all the motherfucking time. So many kings. They'd just be like, here, here's the money, Pope. And the Pope would be like, I'm at a Pope. Uh, Here's your annulment. Here's your annulment. (laughs) Marry who you want. Bye, Felicia. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, Felicia. (laughs) Okay, back to the story. Anyway. Anyway. Enter and... Boleyn. Oh, okay. So, like, I don't want to talk too much about Anne Boleyn because she's going to get her own episode because it's Kathy's episode, and I want to focus on her. But there's there's no way to talk about one without even like kind of mentioning the other. Like, it's unavoidable. It's unavoidable. Unavoidable. Anne Boleyn was the niece of the Duke of Norfolk, which is uh, if you're from England, you would say Norfolk. Norfolk. (laughs) And she becomes one of Catherine's ladies in waiting. Henry becomes obsessed with her, like in a way that he never has with any of his other mistresses. Like all his other mistresses, he didn't flaunt in front of Catherine. He didn't make promises to. This one, it was... It was a whole nother story. And he wants her to be his mistress, and he wants to sleep with her, but she refuses. She refuses. I mean, and smart. And this, this is the first, maybe the first woman to this, refuse. This is probably the first woman to ever tell Henry The no. game is on. And so he's, she's like, not until we're married. And so Henry looks at it, and he's like, okay, these are the things falling into place. Um, Catherine can't have any more children at this point. Um, he's found that Bible passage that specifically says not to marry... Uh, your brother's wife. So he's like, the Pope never had the right to give us that papal dispensation. Now I've met this other woman that he's so like single-mindedly convinced is the woman for him. He legitimately believed that this is what God wanted. So he starts 
like seriously investigating and all yeah, the possibilities. Yeah, I mean, he honestly is like one of the first people to doubt what the Pope is saying. The Pope yeah. gave him an annulment, and, and he's, he's like, like mm-hmm. "No, the Pope was wrong." Maybe this wasn't, maybe and this was and wrong. for a Catholic, that's a huge deal mm-hmm. because the Pope is supposed to be God's mouthpiece. Yeah, he's supposed to be great from uh, straight from God. And Henry ends up breaking the news to Catherine that hey. um... This marriage, the reason why we can't have kids is probably because you slept with my brother. So he's like trying to be delicate and nice and sweet about it. Like he's not like this tyrant at this point that would just come in and be like, I'm divorcing you, bye. Like he's like, I don't want it. It's what God wants. And she loses her shit. She has never lost her. She has never wept in front of him like this. Not with any of the miscarriages. And he was surprised. Not when Bessie Blount had the bastard. Not that, like, she is never, but she just loses it and cries and weeps and, like, falls to the floor. And he doesn't know what to do. He's just like, he doesn't know any. He's like, I just imagine him, like, backing out of the room slowly. Tiptoeing like a cartoon. Like, like, all right, talk to you later. And And that's what he did. (laughs) He just left. (laughs) Sidebar discussion. Let's talk about some hypotheticals. Like, what if Catherine would have just been like, okay, I've, I realized that this is what you want. It could be the best for me. Like, how would her life? So, what if different? she just basically opted for the annulment and said, that's fine with me? I let's think do it. she would have lived a happy rest of her life. She would have. What, what, what would have happened to American history? Like, mm-hmm. because a lot of the religious persecution happened, the reason that they fled England was because of their religious persecution. Yeah. And if she, if she wouldn't have stood up at that point and said, no, I'm not doing this, then maybe we wouldn't have had this massive influx of English people leaving, leaving those England Puritans and everyone's to, like, get the fuck out yeah, of Puritans. Yeah, moving to America. So we may not also, have what we have today. Also, I mean, we haven't gotten to her yet, but um, his wife, Anna Cleves, whenever he divorced her and she just like, she was like what, what quietly took it, she just like <laughs> rolled with it. She lived a cush fucking life. So if Catherine would have done that, I'm sure when people went with what Henry wanted, you you had such a good life. Like she would have had a huge pension. She would have had her choice of whatever mansion she wanted. She would have had like so many servants. She could have seen her daughter whenever. But because she persisted, her life from here on out, I'm sorry to say. Sucked. Yes. Nevertheless. I was gonna I was gonna say it was unfortunate, but sucked. But <laughs> nevertheless, she nevertheless, persisted. She persisted. And she kept I, what I read is anytime that he would address her about the annulment, she would say, I would love to give you what you want. You are my husband. But, but my I, I will lose I will God. lose my soul. Yeah. She would always say, I would lose my soul over this, so I can't do it. So, so that's what one of the things that Henry got wrong. What when Henry the, yeah, when Henry first came up with the idea for the annulment. He thought Catherine was just going to be like, okie dokie. He thought the Pope was just going to be like, okie dokie, or okie dokie. Um, he thought popular opinion would agree with him. And he <laughs> thought it was going to be a quickie divorce. He thought it was going to be like a year tops. Boy, was he motherfucking he, wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. Wrong. He got uh, everything wrong. Catherine was not going to go out like that. Mm. She had been mm. raised to be the Queen of England by her goddamn mother, Queen of Isabella. She, and she was not going out like that. She Agreeing to this would have made her daughter a bastard. Her nephew, the Holy Roman Emperor slash King of Spain, Charles, 
He had sacked Rome. So the Pope is basically the Pope her is in his pocket. Yeah. So, so in the Pope's her not going to just roll with anything that was going to hurt Catherine. And the people of England legitimately loved, loved her. her and saw no reason the king for thought, her to be Oh, the people love me. No, nah, dude, they love your wife. And when she would be traveling out in public, they would always come out and shout from the rooftops. I, I, I don't know if, if the, God saved the queen. Was that said back then? But I think maybe, it would but be. I do know that I have here documented that people would yell at her when she walked by. Victory over your enemies. So she Victory has fans. She has little monsters. These are not the kind of things that were yelled at Anne Boleyn as she walked down the street. No, she got some slurs she got thrown at her. Much worse, but huh. he started eventually. Henry had, he was always civil to her. He was always like, "I don't want this. God wants it." Da 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 da. But eventually, he started eventually, treating her it like just, shit. The more she fought it, the worse it got. Um, and he maintained that he loved her, but mm-hmm. and she would have been a really great wife to him. But he's it was like, God. He's like, it's God. I can't, I can't, I can't do that. So there's this story about they were at like an estate dinner together and um, like with lots of delegates and royal adjacents there hanging out. Someone asked Kathy how she's been and she says, I have been suffering purgatory on earth. Crickets, 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 crickets. (laughs) And she's just thinking to embarrass him. And for, like, the first time in public that she has, like, gone against him. And she's telling people that she basically neglects him. And he's like, she doesn't visit my bed. He neglects me. And Henry, I can just imagine him turning beet red. And he's like, he shoots back. Like, why are you complaining? You have your own household. You can do whatever the fuck you want. You have plenty of money. What are you bitching about? And he's even getting shit from Anne. Hello, everyone. It's Takuyi here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be. Anne is giving him shit about oh, yeah. letting Catherine just so push he him around. Le- he leaves this dinner and is like, fuck you, and like goes to hang out with Anne, and I guess all the delegates or whatever are sit there just being like, so anyway, the weather. And um, he gets to Anne's apartments and tells her what happens, and she yells at him. For letting Catherine, like, even putting himself in that situation. I know. Dude can't. I mean, he 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 can't win. He is stuck. I I honestly think he is stuck between two women that are smarter than him. Yep. I I think you're absolutely right. And he just can't win. And people keep trying to convince Catherine to get thee to a nunnery. Yeah. They keep trying to push her to an abbey. But she says... I was, God didn't call me to be a nun. Which, because don't nuns always say they hear the calling? Yeah, that's and part she's of like, she's like, point. God didn't call me to be a nun. He's, I'm the king's wife. That's my calling in life. So, obviously, <sighs> after all this, the divorce trial starts. And mm-hmm. to be honest with you, yes, listeners, we're probably going to cut out a lot of this. We're going to cut out because it went on seven fucking years seven goddamn years but i think it's kind of weird that after arthur died she was kind of in purgatory like and for seven years you know before she married henry 
And then seven years of the divorce trial. So ah, maybe that's a significant number. In yeah, maybe. Anyway, so maybe we need to have a numerologist in here. Yeah, I think yeah. I think that's what we should do. Anyway. So Henry Henry decides to have this trial in England. And Catherine, so there was like this back and forth with this trial of is it going to be in Rome? Is it going to be in England? Is it going to be Rome? And, and Catherine's, Catherine's like, like, no, 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 no. it's it going to be in goddamn Rome. It has to be in Rome because like, this is the church. Because people like. A fucking farmer brought his wife to court in England. She's like, I am the queen the of England. Queen, you don't trial me in England. Like we bring our case to a higher power, and that higher power was Rome. And to be honest, like we said just a Rome couple minutes sacked. ago, Rome like, was sacked by her nephew Charles. So at this point. They've been married for 20 years. And they're summoned to court to appear into an English court like a commoner. And Mm -hmm. that was so, Mm -mm. that was so against the times because she's the queen of England. She's going to show up and And the people were even like, like this court was jam packed. I mean, even the nobility. You think the OJ trial was bad? This was a whole different thing. Like even the nobility was like, the king and queen are going to be seen in a open court what like it was jam-packed so it was june 21st 1529 Mm -hmm. that they made their court appearance and henry goes first and he walks in and he talks about that bible verse in leviticus and how they were never really married but i'm sorry it's against blah 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 and then catherine of aragon this is like one of the things that just stole my heart she just goes on and gives the baller speech so we really want to recreate this speech for you. We're going to give you some Queen's Podcast Theater. Theater. We are fans of the theater. The theater. <laughs> but anyway, so we abridged it a little bit because bitch was wordy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so we want to do this for you, but then also let you know, like in modern day speak, what it means. So, you so. know, like if you ever read Shakespeare, you've got like the Shakespearean speech on one side and the English <laughs> and, like, speech on the other. what it means these days. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. So, let me... <clears throat> I've got a channel, Kathy, of Aragon right red now. Red leather, yellow leather. Red leather, yellow leather. <laughs> rubber rubber baby buggy bumpers. That was hard. Rubber baby buggy bumpers. Rubber baby... And, uh, what was she it? brewed a proper, proper cup, cup of coffee in a, a copper coffee, coffee pot. pot. We were theater majors. <laughs> so, that was tell. one of those. Anyway, let's get this shit started. All right. Sir, I beseech you for all the love that hath been between us. And for the love of God, let me have justice. Dude, what the... Fuck! After 20 years of marriage, you're just gonna pull this shit? Like, I don't get it! Sir, wherein have I offended you? Or what occasion of displeasure have I deserved? What in the world have I done to deserve this shitty fucking treatment? I have been true to you, humble and obedient wife, being always well-pleased and contented with all things, wherein you had any delight or dalliance. I haven't said shit when you fucked around on me. I loved all those whom you loved only for your sake. You've had some shady ass friends, but I put up with it. I have been your true wife, and by me ye have divers children, although it hath pleased God to call them out of this world, which hath been no default of my own. Look, it's not my fault that all our children died or that I had so many miscarriages. But we have this daughter, and... It's just against God to do anything else. When ye had me at first, I take God to my judge. I was a true maid without touch of a man. And whether it be true or no, I put it to your conscience. I was a virgin when we got married and you fucking know it. I can't believe you'd come out here and say otherwise. That's on your head. 
Therefore, for the love of God, spare me the extremity of this court. Really, dude? You're bringing me to fucking divorce court like I'm some farmer's wife and not the daughter of Isabella of Castile? And if ye will not extend to me so much impartial favor, your pleasure then be fulfilled. To God I commit my cause. Whatever, I'm out of here. And mic drop. Mic drop. End scene. Did she invent the mic drop? I think I think this is when the mic drop first happened. Uh, like, she literally walks in and is like, bitch, fuck you. And no. then drops, like, if there she... was a microphone, like a bedazzler in ancient Egypt, oh, and she would have dropped it. When she did this speech, <laughs> she was kneeled down at his feet. Yes, She wasn't talking to the court. No. She was talking to him. Straight to his and eyes. And then she got up. And walked out after the speech. Walked and the, the fuck out. The lawyers are all like, um, you have to come back. We're not done here. We're not done. <laughs> and she was just like, no, I don't have to do anything. She didn't even say that. She might drop it. And she just went home. But to that, I think we need to do a cheers to Kathy. Inventing the mic drop. Inventing the mic drop. <laughs> cheers. Cheers, Kathy. Mm. So, so long story short. But not but not really that short. No, <laughs> I mean, it was divorce court times seven, seven years Ugh. of divorce court. And the more she persisted, the shittier things got. Henry sends his cronies, and I think they call them minions. I mean, he <laughs> literally sends them all the time to be like, submit, go to a nunnery, be a nun, stop doing this. And she was sent away to Greenwich, where Henry and Anne they, had their They court. were at Greenwich, and she was sent to Richmond. So Greenwich oh. was like where they always kept court. And it was um, Henry and Anne had a court, and then Catherine had her court. So it was basically like there were two fucking royal courts. That, like, and she never really showed up to court that many times, but she did show up to court a few times for Christmas. Back, she would come back. After she was sent away to Richmond, she would come back for like... Christmas or Easter, like, really important things to just kind of show. So, in 1531, the Pope finally issues an official statement. Because he's been putting it the fuck off. He's just been like, I don't want to touch this. I've got other things to do. He doesn't want to make a decision because he knows the gravity of this. Like, if he were to grant this divorce or to annul, like... To, it, he he's would damned be if he does, damned yeah, if he does. he would be yeah. screwed either way. Absolutely. So soon after, Henry Stein was like, hey, you either got to go to a convent or you got to move to a palace. And so the Pope is finally like, okay, I'm officially ordering you, Henry, to go back to Catherine. And he literally glanced at the letter from the Pope and then threw it away. He was <laughs> so done with this shit. And during a holiday of one of Catherine's, like, official visits, Henry moves the court to Woodstock, which is, like... Not, back, not the, not the then, hippie Woodstock. Not the, it's not... <laughs> it's the, the English Jimmy Woodstock. Hendrix was not there. He didn't, I wish he would have been. <laughs> I'm just imagining, like, we're going to Woodstock. If, there's a, tri- show, uh, if there's a time traveler, it would be Jimi Hendrix. Yes. <laughs> no, so they're, um, like, we're picking up and moving to Woodstock, but they didn't tell Catherine, and she sends a letter that's to him. So that's just up. like that's so she's just, It's basically like, oh, I I just wish you would have told me you were leaving, so I could have said bye. And he doesn't respond from here on out. He doesn't respond to anything any she of says. her letters. Nope. nope. So I read actually something at, at around this point. She was ordered to give up all of her jewels. 
and she was told to give up everything. And these were part of her dowry. This was like, you know, her family. So it wasn't his to take back? It was her family jewels and his family jewels. So she had Henry's family jewels. And we all know that. But, and they were, some of them from Margaret Beaufort. And she gave him everything except this single gold cross that was super simple, just a gold cross necklace that had a sliver. It meant a lot to her. And it had a sliver of Jesus's cross that he was crucified uh, on. Supposedly. It had the wood in it. Like, there was supposedly a piece yeah. of wood in it that was from his Aww, cross. that's kind of That's sweet. part of me thinks that that's... She was a virgin when she met Henry. How uh, would she be able to wear that being a devout Catholic and knowing that, and knowing that know, she have lied. Have you ever told a lie so many times that, that you, you believe just convinced it, yourself? That you believe it, but she would know that and she puts that necklace on a lot, all the time. But also, I mean, don't they say if you've repented for your sin it's forgiven so maybe she's just thinking she's lying for and good she reason. did she did have a she did have a relationships with the front not relationships she, <laughs> she did like confess a I lot and go to friars and talk to them and confess so maybe it's true so, even off even not at the podcast me and nathan cannot decide if we think i'm i am off and on so if y'all have we, any information that would make me we think don't, otherwise we let cannot me know. make up our mind i need Catherine to make up my goddamn mind arthur or not but so eh, in, in 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 uh, september of 1533 Anne has a baby and oh well we skipped that henry just was finally like Fuck it, we'll do it my way. And he, like, the Pope tells him to go back to Catherine. So he says, you know what? I'm the captain now. I'm the the supreme leader. He's like, the Pope has no say here. I'm the head of England. I'm the head of the English church. So, you know what? By the power invested in me... I'm divorced, and then he marries Anne. Yeah, and he calls himself the supreme leader, which is funny because, like, the North Korean guy right now in our times <laughs> calls himself the supreme leader. So I feel like he's... He was a I feel like Kim Jong-un is, like, stealing a bit of Henry VIII's, Maybe. like, game here. Maybe. And so in in 1533, yeah. uh, Anne. Anne has Elizabeth, Elizabeth I, and we all know Elizabeth. She's the last remaining tutor. And Henry immediately goes to Mary and demands that she renounce her title as princess. And Kathy tells tells her and writes her and basically tells her, don't, don't submit to this. You tell him the same thing that I've been telling him my entire life, which is I'll give you what you want. But in this circumstance, I can't lose my soul over this. I can't do it. And so Henry being a douchebag, he passes the Acts of Secession, mm-hmm. which basically declares that Anne is queen and Elizabeth is the next in line. Well, to you say being a douchebag, but like obviously you're gonna favor your current wife over your last yes, wife. Yes, but and if in, and the in, whole reason that he had for in his mind for divorcing Catherine was because their what their marriage was never legal or like sanctioned by but God. But the, in the reason first I place. say a douche is because he passes a law that's called the Acts of Secession because. Even though he had a daughter before that, who was literally but, like a princess. But now, the, but I, I mean, not that I am saying that Henry VIII was fair and right by any means, but I'm just also saying like the only way in his mind, in his fucked up, in mind. his fucked up mind, <laughs> he's like thinking, no, I was never actually married to her. I get that because she was my brother's wife. 
So this daughter is a bastard and bastards but, can't be in but the line to of be, succession. But to be able to go to, be so like, to your daughter. To be so cold to your daughter. Yeah. yeah no, be, to no, no, go no, no, to no. your daughter and be like, hey, you're a bastard. Lessons of douchebaggery 101. Yeah, absolutely. Like, admit it. Absolutely. But I'm saying also, if you put yourself in his shoes, I understand why yeah. he did it. And not so, saying it makes him a nice... He's, no. he's not getting a Father of the Year award no. or anything. And so the Acts of Succession basically says that if you defy this new order of Anne is queen and Elizabeth is next in line, then you're punishable by death. Mm-hmm. You can get killed. Anybody Bits could. Get killed. Anybody. And she was no she was no exception. And of course, Henry again sends his minions to go like convince her, get the fuck to the nunnery. Did like, you read the thing about um, that one of his minions was sent to Mary to like try to make her um, bow to his will. He was like, if you were my daughter, I would smash your head until it felt like a soft apple. Oh my God. And, and, oh my God. And, and actually like the minions come over there to convince her and basically say, you know, you need to submit to this or you're going to die. Like we're going to, we're going to kill you. And she said to them, she's like, Mm -hmm. I would rather die in a crowd than to be killed in the the in this little house that we're in, yeah. because I want everybody to know yeah. what happened to me, mm-hmm. because this is fucked up, yeah. like what you're doing to me. So once again, she's carted off to a shitload of different palaces, like Catherine, like just her the palaces she goes to, they just decrease, decrease, decrease. It gets worse and, her, and worse and worse. And her lesser women are taken from her, and like. Some of the women that had been in her employ for like 20 some odd years now are like barred from speaking to her. Nobody can talk to her. They fire all of them. They get rid of all of them. She is locked up in London. Yeah. Like, on this episode of Locked Up of Women Behind Bars. <laughs> women Behind Bars, Locked Up in London. We have Catherine of Aragon, who is a devout Catholic in prison because her president has a- obsessions with fucking titties of other women. <laughs> Like, he wants to fucking just marry this other woman. So he locks her up in, like, and she wanted to be locked up in the Tower of London. She wanted to be made a spectacle of. She was never put in the Tower of London, though, was she? No. She was not. And that was the thing, is that she wanted it to be um, a spectacle, but she was bolted up in this little room, and the only thing that she was allowed to do was go to Mass. She, yeah. she, she wouldn't eat or drink anything. They would offer her food. They would offer her things. She made her servants like cook in front of her. And that was like, she was protesting. She didn't want to eat yeah. because she was a prisoner. She wanted to be treated like a prisoner. She didn't She want... wanted to be like that martyr feeling yes. of like, I am sacrificing for what is right. Yeah. So keep in mind at this time, like Henry has broke from Rome and so yeah he's like the supreme leader or whatever but that also means that he has just decided that the pope is not that has no authority in his country and that would have been very controversial uh yeah controversial doesn't even start to be like describe the catholic it would have church been... basically ran every monarchy so he was a heretic basically yeah. um and then in the end of 1535, Catherine's, like, locked away in one of her prison palaces, and her health takes, like, a nosedive. Okay, so this first line that I read in, a, in the chapter of the book, it was uh, the Spanish wife of King Henry VIII, uh, Catherine of Aragon by Giles 
something or other. And, <laughs> and he basically was like, so she developed a taste for uh, Welsh beer. So I wonder, like, did she start, like, I mean, she was probably depressed. Maybe she started drinking. And she was probably in a lot of pain, too, because what we she, know now is that she, she probably had cancer. Yeah. She probably had cancer and she was depressed and drinking and she just... She was 50, which isn't old now, but like back I then they didn't have... I just Sally and I'm 50. The big 5 Half a century, you Henry. See, you see that camel toe? <laughs> <laughs> and I can kick and, and stretch, stretch and kick. Because I'm 50. Anyway. <laughs> so she's so that having, was Catherine yeah, <laughs> She's having these like stomach pains. And honestly, like I picture her having these mental pains. No. Where she she's was, having emotional distress where like she just literally cut England off she from lost. Rome. So she lost. She took a big gamble with her happiness and with the country and lost. And she actually even said to the Spanish ambassador at the time, Chapuis, like he came to her and she was like, I've, have I done the wrong thing? Like if I would have backed down, we'd still be aligned with Rome. Uh, what have I done? And that's the only time she's ever quoted of having any doubt in her conviction. So like we said, it's the end of 1535. So it's December 1535. And her BFF, Maria de Salinas, shows up. And she has to like fake this horse riding oh, accident. Yeah. She can't tell that she can't let anybody in court because she has been one of Catherine's ladies for years and years and she's years. A supporter. And she married like um oh I forget who she married. She married like some duke or something. So mm-hmm. she's high up there now. And she has to like lie about where she's going. Yeah. And she she couldn't write for her for years, couldn't write to her, couldn't talk to yeah. her. But so she fakes this accident because she knows that she needs to see her friend before she dies. Yeah. Like that is a BFF move. Like so she fakes this horse riding accident and she goes in there and the couple of days Explain after that, I don't I don't know this story. What do you mean she fakes? How does her faking a horse riding accident get her to see? Because she's in a pal like she goes in front of the palace and it's like, "Oh, I'm oh, lost. so she so she acts I like I oh, can't okay. go I, anywhere. I had this horse riding accident. I get it. I need a place to so stay. So she conveniently has an accident near Catherine's prison palace. And I think it's oh, okay. Somerset. I get it. I believe it's Somerset where it happened. <clears throat> I get it. So she's like, I just so happened to have an accident out here. Please take me in. And this is on New okay. Year's Day. What is it with her and New Year's? And like yeah. something about that New Year's. Yeah. She's around her. And it, what's odd is that when she's around her best friend, her health gets better and she starts well, yeah. to look up. I don't and think she that, starts, that's odd. I mean, she starts to get. Support. You haven't seen a friendly face from days of your like in years. She hasn't seen yeah. any of her friends, any of her family. And so it makes her upbeat. So yeah. And so what's weird is that like after Maria leaves, then Catherine is better, but then she's one night she gets super duper fidgety and she tells the bishop. Uh, I need to take communion. And I honestly think she knew she was going to die. Probably. Like, she she looked at him and was like, I need to take communion. Yeah. And this guy was uh, tasked by Chapuis, or Chapuis, sorry, to, <laughs> to get a confession from her. Yeah. On whether or not she had actually slept with Arthur. He was like, she's on her deathbed. She has, she's lost everything. She has no reason to lie about it at this point. So get, get that, that confession. Get yeah. that confession. Did he? 
No. She. Uh, and again, I like, would not be tossing and turning at night if I had this confession. <laughs> like, I would we know. <laughs> have even been like, well, see, like Nathan was like, see that she didn't confess. That means they didn't have sex. And I was like, have you ever told a lie so many times that you believe it? And then we just go back and forth. We don't know. Did, but oh. here's what I think is maybe she did give a confession. Maybe he got it, but the Catholic Church is hiding it. There's so many yeah, yeah. possibilities. The Catholic Church could totally be hiding it. Like, because that made them look Like, bad. she confessed. Um, she was a, still a virgin. Here's a bag of coins that she didn't confess. Okay, I mean, she didn't confess. Yeah. Not like, uh, who knows? So, she was laid to rest um, at, well, okay, she died on January 7th, 1536. Yeah. And it was of cancer and I read it was like they saw that her heart was black and there were some lungs. Yeah, when they did like an and they autopsy. they thought it was poison. They yeah. thought Anne poisoned her. Because autopsies from 1536 were subpar. Yeah, they were like, oh, let's, put, let's put this heart in some water. And, and yeah, it was, the, her heart had like black spots on it. So they're like, oh, she was poisoned because they didn't really know what cancer was. You no, know? not back then. But she was laid to rest at uh, Peterborough Abbey on January 29th. And the source that I read said that Anne miscarried and Henry had that horse riding accident on the same day but it said that it was around the same time yeah I don't think I don't know I haven't read that anywhere so I don't know but still I have heard that people thought oh this happened because Catherine came back for a big fuck you I you guys I think Catherine's soul came back from the dead and said fuck you I mean like, yeah you could I couldn't have kids you can't either and Henry by the way I'm gonna push you off a horse so <laughs> we'll never know whether or not she lied about her virginity thing but regardless she's like the center point for Catholics being prosecuted for their religion and it just that changed the landscape um, in England and later Europe and with us, him breaking our, our in America because America. America is um, so much of our culture comes from English culture. And what struck struck me most about reading the book that I read was that she had this. They, they used a word and was dissimilate. So she was able to take what was handed to her. And deal with it. Yeah. And be able to be submissive because that's what she needed to do at the time mm-hmm. and to move on. But also what I got from her is her intense devotion, not only to God, but her to her husband. She was in love with him. Supposedly when she died, like it's, we don't know for sure if this is real or fabricated, but the story is her last letter to Henry um, ended with um, my eyes desire you above all things. And I think that is true. Like there was to some the, parts of to that To the speech end, and- she was dead. I don't think I would ever, I would just be like, fuck you, dude. Like at yeah. this point. like So here's here's what I've been, I've been thinking on. If she, if Catherine of Aragon had a theme song, mm-hmm. what would it be? So I think we both agreed on like whenever she married Arthur and after that, it was like a virgin by Madonna. Like a virgin. Oh, no, that's still when she married. When she married Henry, she yeah, would be like yeah, a virgin. It was after Arthur marrying Henry. Marrying Henry, it was like a virgin. So, if she were a song for her whole life, what would it be? Hopelessly devoted to, to you. Okay, so Greece, that's a Greece reference. Yeah, yeah, Hopelessly yeah, devoted. Yeah, yeah. I do like faithfully. If you, have, if you have a good theme song for Catherine of Aragon, <laughs> please think, write think, it in. I think my final answer, my uh-huh. final answer is The Winner Takes It All by ABBA. I don't know that one. 
The winner takes it all. The loser standing small beside the victory. Denise. So who is the winner in this then? Well, the winner is Henry, and she has to stand beside whatever happens, and she gets treated like shit, and she it totally, like, listen to the song. Abba, I'm gay, and so Abba is, like, (laughs) gospel. And we're talking about Catherine of Aragon, and she was a devout Catholic, so... So let's, (laughs) let's, just to recap this amazing woman's life, she was, I just think she was such a great story, and has such... She's an amazing woman. She was a princess of Spain, Infanta of Spain, and the princess of Wales, widow. Then she was an ambassador. She was a queen. She was a regent. She was a mother. She was a martyr. And I just can't wrap my head around how impressive this woman is. Yeah, she changed our lives. Yeah. She changed everybody's lives. So to that, Nathan, let's raise a glass. To Catherine of Aragon. Let's Catherine of Aragon. Let's juice. So, guys, I had to take a sip, but thanks for listening. Thank you for listening, if, everybody. If there's something you want to hear, you can hit us up. You can email us at queenshistorypodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter, queens underscore podcast. Um, we're also on SoundCloud and Stitcher. Follow us on iTunes at Queens Podcast. Bye, everybody. Bye. Love you. Bye.